everyone, welcome to another episode of Maya Adin Talks. Today we will talk about the House of Dragon. But first, a note of the host of this podcast. I would appreciate it if you like this video, subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends and family. The reign of House Targaryen begins with a prequel to popular HBO series Game of Thrones based on George R.R. Martin's Fire and Blood House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is set nearly 200 years before the events of Games of Thrones, telling the story of the Targaryen civil war with King Viserys. One target Targaryen's children battling for control of the Iron Throne. What we all know, of course, it's very known uh, in the Games of Thrones, of course. Uh, there is, before I'm going to the plot lines of the episodes, I like to say something already about it. Um, I really loved this series. I have, I didn't know it was a prequel before Games of Thrones, but I really, really loved it. Uh, I think one of the well-known characters or the actor who played it, Damien, um, is of course by Matt Smith, and I couldn't get a grip on him if he is good or bad. And if you know his movies and series, although this is just um, something I was feeling, okay, nice, uh, again, a series about dragons, because you know, I love dragons, I love fancy, etc. And although I do think Games of Thrones is very dark, uh, I like this series because of course it is a prequel but it's also you start to learn which houses they are what they're how everything worked uh, in the houses but also uh, how those families are related or uh, what connections they have and that's what i really loved it uh, i love the dragons in this although those dragons are not free but we see that they are yeah that they are free they are owned by a dragon rider and we see that um they talk in a different language to the dragons and i must say i do like the language to the dragon because um when i talk uh, in my spiritual language, it's a totally different language than, uh, of course, the normal English or the normal human language we know. But I must say, I really, really loved this whole series. And I am very excited for the next season, which will be, I thought it would be next year somewhere. I thought I read it somewhere so uh, yeah I really love this series um, what also 
what uh, I must say the dragons in this series are looking a bit weird and different for my taste what I always see uh, as a dragon so but maybe that's just uh, maybe they did that because they have to be scary and um, of course this is some kind of a dark age and so maybe they made it like this as in yeah just in total swear of uh, what uh, the house of dragon is and of course the games of thrones and um, for the ones who really like the games of thrones i will also do a episode and probably more of the house of dragon and the games of thrones uh, because it's a very uh, long series and a lot of talk to talk about I will do more episodes in the near future of uh, this podcast. So let's see what the plotline of all the episodes are. And I will give you a bit of my um, comments on there as well. Although it's very... Um, there's a lot happening uh, in all the episodes. So I will probably ending up watching it again in, in a few days. So, um, it's just only 10 episodes. So, um, yeah, let's start with episode one. And the title is the hairs of the dragon, uh, with both his son's death, old King J. Harris, one Targaryen convent at great council to chosen heir. The Westeros Lord select Jerry's eldest grandson, Prince Viserys, over Princess Rhaenys, the eldest grandchild. Nina, nine years into his reign, King Viserys organized a tournament to celebrate Queen Emma Arryn pregnancy. Confident she is carrying his long-awaited male hair. The small council disregards Master of Ships Lord Chorus Valerion's warning that the triad she and alliance of Essos Free Cities threatens to cripple Westeros shipping lanes. Hand of the King, Sir Otto Hightower, criticized Viserys' brother and heir, Prince Damon, Damon, for his brutality as the city watch commander. Well, that's what I said in the beginning too. I can't determine if Damon is a good person or a bad person, because he does do awful things. But he does also good things. And I don't know. I, I He, yeah, it, it's a, a very character that is, I don't know. You know, it's just, you see him doing those bad things, but also good things. And you can't determine 
just if he is good or bad and um he is out of control i think although in his later years he became a lot calmer although he's still that strong and uh, i don't want to say devious but he is still yeah he 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 still can be that awful person at the tournament the young handsome sir Kristen cole a common born knight out competes damon meanwhile fisheries sacrifice emma in childbirth performing a c-section Emma's pleads against and the newborn son, Balin, dies shortly after. Fisheries refuse, refuse the council's pleas to appoint a new heir until Otto reveals that Damon mockingly styled Balin's ass. The heir for a day. Outraged, Fisheries banished Damon from King's landing and appoints his only living child princess Renya heir to the iron throne revealing the to her agon the conqueror's dream that inspired him to unify westeros i always thought that princess Renya would be a more suitable hair for the iron throne than Damon, and so will be her other um hairs and you know Rania is going to have a very difficult and well how can i say this yes she is a dragon rider but she also have a lot of concerning of the um, the kingdom etc etc and i don't think she can totally be herself and she has to make a lot of sacrifices to keep quote unquote everyone happy episode two the rogue prince Six months after Renya is named as heir, Damon has illegally occupied Dragonstone, supported by loyal City Watch guards. When Prince Admiral Gratius Drawer, known as the Crab Feeder, managed the Stepstones Archipelago at the Essos, Triadrees Beheist, Rania suggests showing force. The small council dismisses this, and Rania is instead relegated to appointing a new Kingsguard's knight. I must say, I never liked the short council. There are men there that is only want to have men power, and they do everything to get that power, even of the raining hairs etc ignoring others advice she chooses sir Kristen, the only knight with actual battle experience 
So Otto sends his teenage daughter, Lady Alicent, to privately console the grieving king. She advised that Fesraj and Ranya should discuss his kingly duty to remarry. Lord Collis and his wife, Princess Rianne Vinyas, proposed that fisheries, unlike their Valerian's houses, by marrying their 12-year-old daughter, Lyanna. Meanwhile, the small council learns that Damon, proclaiming himself the true heir, stole a dragon egg and intend to marry his mistress, Messeria, as a secondary spouse. Otto and a small detachment sail to Dragonstone to relieve the egg, retrieve the egg. Ranya follows on her dragon, Cyrax, and forces Damon to re-announce his false claims and give her the egg. Viserys announced that he intend to what Alicent, angering colleagues, who approached Damon to propose an alliance. In this episode, I noticed that how much uh, stretch and how much um, the atmosphere around the whole family is and how much strength Runners and the king have to have to put a stand and that's like I said you never know what Damon will do and he had a life that was really bad in a way cause he did everything in one way what is bad going to brothels and etc etc and even seduced uh, Rania his own niece and I thought they would marry later and have even kids um, but yeah I can understand that you know we always the common people always look up to like monarchs or the royal family and or they have presumptions that they have a, the good life and, and they don't have stress etc etc but i bet the differ uh, it is i won't i wouldn't change my life with that of a princess never know never because i know you have to live this certain life in the spotlight but also out the spotlight and you never can be yourself because everything what you do or what you say will be questioned and trust me as a person you don't want that episode three second of this name for three years, Lord Corlaus and Prince Damon have battled Cratchit, Dar, and his pirates in the Stepstone without the Iron Throne's support. Meanwhile, King Viserys planned a great hunt to celebrate his and pregnant Queen Alicent's son 
Egon's second birthday. Rhaenyra's sends her father's excessive attention towards her half-brother Egon. The Ailing King insists that Rhaenyra's now 17 must marry to form a strong alliance and protect their lineage. Many suitors are considerate, including two-year-old Prince Aegon. Lord Lionel Strong recommends Sir Leonard Valeroyon, Lord Corley's son, as a potential match to mend the rest between the two houses. Overcoming previous doubts, Fisheri assures Renria she remains his heir and can choose her consort. Meanwhile, brothers Hubert and Otto Hightower secretly scheme to make Egan the successor. I don't know what about, about those boys, but I never liked them. And even the sons uh, of, I think, one of them, I don't remember which one, they were also plotting against Rinya's son sons and they were very cruel as well and it reminded me of Damon I think he was no it was not Damon's sons but okay just part of the uh, series I was thinking I really really had to do with Renya she is the mocking bird of this whole happening and in one way she could uh, lead the kingdom to something good there are all those men who are against her but also think that a woman couldn't reign and that's ridiculous it is really really old medieval thinking and the thing is, is that the Nightwatch commander of she called Sir Colomine, I believe. I think he was the right person to marry her, but all twisted in the family, etc., make it uh, impossible. Um, Fisheries agrees to send aid to the Stepstones. Seeing his brother's support as ending his chance to prove himself, Damon acts as bait to ambush the treachery warriors, killing the crop feeder and winning the ensuing battle before the crown's forces arrive. Episode 4 King of the Narrow Sea after an unsuccessful month-long tour to choose a consort, Renya returns to King's Landing. Demon also returns after conquering most of the Stepstones. Now named King of the Narrow Sea, Demon swears alliance to Viserys and hands over his crown. After reunited brothers celebrate, Alicent and Renya reconcile. I must say, um, Alicent was the best choice for the king. I think she always supported him in everything he did, etc. And also keeping the family together. 
After dark, Damon and Aranya sneak out to explore King's Landing, drinking, attending a bodily play, and visiting the brothel. Damon seduced a willing Aranya, but unable to consummate their affair, he abandons her there. Returning to the Red Keep, Aranya utilizes her position to cause her Kristen into having sex. Informed by the white warm spy, Sir Otto tells the king about demon and Rania's grousing. And you know, I never liked that white warm spy. I always hated it. And he reminds me a bit of uh, Grima from uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, who was uh, like a servant of Saruman. So he reminds me about that. And, you know, uh, I hated it. And also how he walks around and 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 conspire to uh between every royal and no i never liked him ascent overhears and privately questions renya who swears against the accusations viserys confronts demon who hung over and this he would seemingly confirms the rumors and proposes he wed Rania. Viserys claims Demon only wants the crown and exiles him to the Vale. To avoid scandal and strengthen the throne, Viserys orders Rania to marry Sir Leonor Velayon. Viserys dismisses Otto as his hand after Rania accuses Otto of manipulating him for his personal gain. Grandmaster Mellos gives Renyas a precautionary abortification tea at Fisherai's request. Episode 5 Relight the Way. In the film, Damon murders his wife, Lady Rhea Royce, before departing King's Landing. Sir Otto warns Queen Alison that Renya becoming queen makes Alison children a threat to the throne for they are the king's sons. Rania and Sir Leonor Valion are betrothed, mollifying Lord Collies. Understanding Leonor's homosexuality, Rania proposed fulfilling their royal duties to produce heirs, while being free to pursue their own lovers. So Kristen is humiliated when Rania declines his proposal to elope to essence and assume new identities. She prefers the current sexual liaison. Alison questions Kristen about Rhiannis and Demon, but misunderstanding, he confesses to being Rhiannis' lover. During Rhiannia and Leonor's patrol celebration, Alison enters, interrupting Fessor's speech wearing a green gown, the single color for House Hightower call to arms. Demon also unexpectedly attends, confronted by Rhea's cousin. Demon denies murdering her and wishes to assert his claim to inherit her land. Lena's lover, Sir Geoffrey Lundmount, Sir Mrs. Christen, in Renya's paramour. When Kristen believes Geoffrey is threatening blackmail, 
he brutally kills him. Devastating Leonor and horrifying guests. Rania and Leonor are privately wed late that night. Fisheries collapse after the ceremony while Alicent interferes as the disgraced Kristen is about to commit suicide. Like I said, there's a lot of um, things going on here. And even in all the noble houses and how things going, I think this is really uh, it was somewhat very chaotic. But also like I really, really, it's really messed up in that time, you know, and, and it still reminds me of today. There are a lot of countries and a lot of people who still saying, oh, gay people have no right to have children or go gay people. And as you can see, the houses are very manipulating in things and, you know, it reminds me a lot of the Medici family in uh, Italy, the whole thing about it. And, but it is really a, um, the whole, and, and you need to find the red thread through it. And that's why I am saying, I think I need to, um, yeah, watch it a few times more for um yeah see it all you know and because there's so much happening and it also reminds me a bit of like in the roman days you know with the gladiators and the only thing i always had compassion for was the two uh, sons of uh, ranya not with uh with her first husband but her second husband i think i believe but um yeah it's really chaotic and there's a lot of things happening episode six the princess and the queen ten years later renias has given birth to three sons jackers Lucerus and newborn Geoffrey all lack the Valerian platinum hair, but King Viserys rejects Queen Elizabeth's assumptions that Sir Leonor is not their father. Elizabeth tells Aegon he must prepare to one day dispute Renanus' claim for the Iron Throne, as he Fisserai's firstborn son will always be a threat to her claim and his life would not be safe if she were to take the throne. Damon and his wife Lyanna Valerian visit Pentos with daughters Bela and Rihanna. The prince offered them a lordship in exchange for an alliance against the resurgent Dryashi. Unable to give birth after an agonizing labor, Lyanna commands her dragon Fogar to incinerate her. her. Sir Criston, now serving alliance, goads 
Sir Harm into attacking him by implying that Harwin fathered Rianre's children. To each family strife, Rianra proposed Jacarash marry Helena, Alain's daughter. With Alain's rejection, she believes Jacquery is a bastard. Shortly after a disgraced Sir Harwin bids Rianra and her sons farewell before his father. Hand of the King Sir Leon, strong escort him to Harrenhal Castle. It is strongly implied that Sir Harwin is in fact the biological father of Rianra's three sons. Alliance confines to Sir Lyon's youngest son, Larish, that she wishes her father, Sir Otto, was still the king's hand. Larish recruits three criminals to set a fire at Harrenhal, killing Lionel and Harwin. Rihanna's move her household to Dragonstone, also bringing Leonora's lover, Sir Crowell Corey. Now this is happening this episode. I think the whole storyline and the whole uh, royal kingdom with the dragons has been very, become very uh, chaotic and almost impossible to follow again. But okay, I think J.R. Martin did that for a reason. I don't know. Episode 7 Driftmark King Fisher and he, his court attend Lady Liana's funeral in Driftmark. Rhiannia and Damon reunite and are physically intimate. Meanwhile, Fisher is forced to reconcile with Damon. Damon. Prince Amon claims Farquhar as his dragon, causing an altercation with his cousins and nephews in which luceries slashes Amon's eyes with a knife seeking justice Queen Alicent lunch at luceries with Viserys Valyrian steel dagger to gouge out his eyes I Rania blocks Alicent and now I'm reading this, I really should redo watch this episode because I can't remember this. But injured herself in the process. After claims that Vienna's sons are bastards, Viserys disagrees anyone questioning their legitimacy will have their tongue removed. Later, former hand of the King Otto Hightower assures Alan that they will prevail, while Rania and Demon unite again against Alison and her family. To continue the true Valley Orion lineage, Princess Wynish suggests that Lord Corys passed his title to his granddaughter, Bela, by marrying to Prince Lucerys, and Leonor has not sirened 
and children Sir Carl appears to murder Leonor. With an overwhelmed and inconsiderable Rhinus and colleagues believing a charred body to be their sons. Demon and Rhaenyra privately marry in the old Valerian dragon lord tradition to perpetrate the Targaryen bloodline. Meanwhile, it is shown that after faking his death, Leonor secretly has escaped Dressmark with Kral. And you know, I always think it was stupid that uncle and niece would be married and family. But I also saw that those two are good together and that Damon actually cares for uh, Rania. So that is nice to see as well. Um, yeah, we see a lot of what is happening. And by the end of this all, you could see that they uh, go on in one way, their own lives in a way. So, yeah. Episode 8 The Loft of the Side Tides. Six years on, Lord Collie's Valerion is severely wounded fighting in the Stepstones. His brother Sir Feymont petitioned King's Landing to name him Corey's heir, proclaiming Rhaenyra's son, Lucerys, illegitimate. Rhaenyra and Demon return to the capital to defend Lucerys' claim. King Faisri is now bedridden, disfigured, and mentally muddled. Queen Alicent and the King's hand are the Hightower, oversee all the royal matters. Alison covers up Prince Egan's raping a handmaiden. Never liked him. Viennes proposed two marriages arrangements with House Valerian to gain Princess Rania's support. She implores Fisherites to defend her succession, quoting Egan to conquer dreams about the prince that was promised. As Fairmont's petition is presented at court, Fisherite, body ambulatory, entered and declares Lucerus to Drismark hair. Damon behad Fairmont when he denounced Rania was as a whore and her children's bastards. The family appears to reconcile during the fest, but after Fisherite departs, Eamon in cities are fired by insulating Rania's three eldest sons are eliminated. Meanwhile, Alicent, lady-in-waiting, Tyler, regularly provides Damon's former mistress, Marcelo, with information. Fisher is near that, mutters parts of Aegon to the Conqueror's dream, which Alicent's mistakenly believe to refer to her son Egan. I'm sorry, I never ever ever liked those two in a way. And 
we can see that Alicent have a double agenda here and even with the main characters being older and I must say King was very uh, disturbing to see because he was it reminded me of um, King Theodred in from Gondor from out of Lord of the Rings. He looked like that when King Theodred was so ill, and or even like a walking almost skeleton. That's how it re reminded me. And you know, it's just. Um, it's very intriguing how this whole storyline is developing. So, once again, I'm very, very, very excited and curious what they will bring in Season 2. Um, the only thing what is a bit pity and what I would like to see in the next seasons, what will be coming to, um, is that they see show us how they train dragons or what is the bond with the dragon and it always reminds me a bit of my favorite uh, fantasy books from a Dutch author named Patty van Delft she didn't make uh, the dragons uh, prisoners of human or wizards or mages she let the dragons totally be free but they are bonding and connecting with humans or a elf and to see the opposite here that the dragons weren't free and where yeah how can i say they they even been forced to do things and and like that there are like dragon take carers that they were also like we you are your boss and you do what we say um i don't like that to be honest i always want to see and have seen that the dragons are free and that the dragons would be there as an alliance and so yeah that is a, a whole different story in this series episode 9 the green council at the first of die sir otto and the small council plot the crown prince to crown prince egan Sir Kristen kills Lord Beesbury, who opposed the scheme. Kingar's Lord Commander Harold Westling resigns to protest. Otto keeps Fessler's death a secret to fortify the council's position, then coerced the noble houses to switch their alliances to Egan. Those resisting are imprisoned or hanged. Otto and Alicent discuss on whether the kill or exile 
Wenya and separately rush to find and influence the missing Prince Egan. Otto sends Kingard's brother Sir Eric and Sir Arak cargo while Alison's task Kristen and Prince Egmont. The Cargals find Argon Egon first, but Kristen and Egmon forcibly take him. Lord Larish tells Aslan that spies include Lady in Waiting Tyler are within the Red Keep. Alison approves eliminating the Hat Spy. Alison pursues Wade's our residents Egan to claim his birthright. King's Landing citizens are herded into the dragon pit to witness Egan's coronation. Princess Rhenus refused to support Egan's claim and held captive. Eric frees her and she enters the dragon pit cavern astride her dragon Melish. She finally breaches the Grand Hall underneath the oblivious civilians, causing mayhem and deaths. Melish roar and the unlocking royals before Wayne flees King's Landing on Dragon Bag. Now I must say, I do like her dragon. And it's really, like I said, it's just, I think I had the feeling that she and her dragon have more a alliance bond than mistress and dragon bond. So I like that. The last episode of season one is episode 10, The Black Queen. Princess Rhinus arrives on Dragonstone to announce King Viserys' dad and Prince Egon ascending the throne. The news shocks Rhaenyra into a premature stillbirth. Demon pressures Rhaenyra to go to war when Sir Arab brings Viserys' crown. Rhaenyra is declared queen, so Otto Hightower presents King Egon its terms for Rhaenyra's concession including retaining her royal title and Dragonstone, and her son's right to inherit the Driftmark. Damon is angered with Rhaenyra's considerate, conceding to unify the real realm against the northern threat foretold by Egan, the Conqueror's dream. Lord Colry's pleaded pledge, House Valerian alliance to Rhaenyra's black faction. Demon plans to recruit more dragon riders and awakens a large dragon hibernating in a cave. Princess Jacquesus and Lucius are sent as envoys to secure houses Aaron, Stark and Baratheon as allies. Lucian meet with Lord Barras, Baragaton and discovered Prince Eamon is already there to secure the barracks as islands for Egan II. King Egan II has offered Boris a political alliance through match between his daughter and Eamon, while Rhaenyra has offered nothing. 
Lucifer's leaves on his dragon, Arax, but Aemond pursued him with Vagar. The fractious dragon defied their riders. Arax burned Farker. Farker then devious Lucius and Arax, stunning Aemond. Rania is devastated and enraged upon receiving this news. So, it's a lot happening in uh, the ending of this uh, season one. And I'm very, very curious what's gonna happen in season two. I really, really love this series and my rating for this series is a nine. Um, it really, really uh, is a series with a lot of manipulation, uh, treachery, and God else one more. Uh, very dark, like in Games of Thrones. Uh, and it does remind me a bit of Lord of the Rings. So, um, yeah, I don't know if Jay Martin's... Um, was inspired by Lord of the Rings. I do think there was a connection there, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, the rating on IMDb is an 8.6. So I think in general that uh, the public is liking it. And yeah, it's just uh, what I do think is that in every episode we just seen, um, it's a lot happening and I think you need to watch a few times to um, see what it really is and, and uh, to discover what's really happening there. Well, thank you for listening and join me in two weeks for a new episode of Maya Eileen Talks. The next episode is about Hocus Legacy and I will show you a bit in game uh, live so you can watch this on the YouTube channel uh, what Hocus Legacy is. You can listen, subscribe and comment comment to Maya Aline Talks on the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. I also have two podcasts called Ghost Talking Track and the Dutch Ready Room podcast. Ghost Talking Track is a podcast hosted by me and I will be joined by another female tracker friend from Canada, Amanda Hopper. We will recap every two weeks an episode of Star Trek. At the moment we are at season 3 of Star Trek TNG. Ghost Talking Track is also to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or on one of your favorite podcast apps. The Netherlands Already Room podcast is a podcast for all the Dutch trackies to talk about everything Star Trek. Of course, this will be spoken in my native language, Dutch, and it's a video podcast. You can find the Netherlands Already Room on YouTube and the Facebook group. I will see you in two weeks.